0: Podcast.
1: Shama Sawan is a U.S. City Council member in Seattle. She's an activist and a politician. She grew up in India, and she says her family was a big part of her search for economic and social justice.
0: I did not grow up in a wealthy household. It was a very working-class household. And my parents were, the you know, the first-generation, college-educated people in our family.
1: Part of that came from observing the social hierarchy of the caste system.
0: Caste was very much part of the overall political processes that I observed around me, that did radicalize me, that set me in search of political analysis that could explain why poverty exists.
1: It's something that's followed her to the United States, where she's now lived for decades. She's seen how discrimination, based on caste, has shaped people's lives.
0: I was discriminated for something that was beyond my control, my caste. I was humiliated a number of times because I am a lower caste individual.
1: And this February, Chama led an effort to make Seattle the first city in the U.S. to explicitly ban caste discrimination.
0: Today's vote, will make history, it is a very simple question. Should discrimination based on caste be allowed to continue in Seattle?
1: It's a move that's been celebrated by many, but it's not without controversy. South Asians make up just about 2% of the population in Washington state, where Seattle is, as well as the U.S. at large. Some of them feel this law unfairly singles out a minority community and perpetuates stereotypes about it. So, exactly how has caste become such a big talking point in the United States? I'm Malika Bilal, and this is The Take. Today I'm handing off the mic to one of our producers, Ashish Malhotra, who's spent years reporting in India and has covered the issue of caste. He's been digging into this one. Hi, Ashish. Hey, Malika. So let's start with the very basics. For those who don't know, what is caste? So caste is a system of social hierarchy prevalent in South Asia.
2: It's been around for centuries, and it categorizes people into groups based on birth and last name. The caste system divides people from birth to death. It fixes their jobs and their place in society. From Brahmin priests at the top to the outcasts and untouchables at the bottom. It can dictate what line of work people end up in, who they can marry, and just impact social mobility in general.
1: And so all of this is still playing out in India today?
2: Yeah, and it often plays out in pretty awful ways. People from lower castes are often discriminated against and made to do menial work, such as the handling or disposing of human waste. It's not a system that's exclusive to Hindu society or to India, but perhaps most prominent there. And though a lot of people in India today act as if society has progressed past caste discrimination, people from lower castes wouldn't necessarily agree.
1: So not only have you covered issues surrounding caste in India, you actually produced a documentary for Al Jazeera about a Dalit community, which is the caste that you mentioned that is made to dispose of waste. But now we're talking about the United States. How is it that caste has become an issue in the U.S. to the point that the city of Seattle has now banned it?
2: Well, Malika, it's really just a function of immigration. As more Indians and South Asians have come to the U.S., the issue has come up more. It's also a big deal specifically in the tech sector, which has a pretty high number of Indian and South Asian employees. That's why Seattle's banned it, led by this council member, Shama Sawant, And the whole state of California is actually considering a bill to do the same. They're tech hubs, and that's why they've been talking about it so much.
1: And how did Shama help Seattle pull off this ban?
2: Well, Shama was really the person who led the whole charge to get caste discrimination banned in Seattle. She's been an elected member of the city council since 2014 and gained fame nationally for taking on Amazon, which is actually headquartered in Seattle. And as someone originally from India, This is an issue close to her heart. So I got the story from her. Shama, you grew up in India. You moved to the U.S. in your 20s. How would you explain what caste is to someone who has never heard of it? And how did it shape your life in India before you moved to the U.S.?
0: I think the best way of understanding caste is to connect it with other types of oppression that are unfortunately all too familiar and widespread across the world. The reason it is still in existence is precisely because all class-based societies like capitalism actually thrive off these types of divisions among the masses because it helps them to use a divide and conquer strategies. And then in terms of how caste influenced my political understanding in India, right. I think it is similar to many people. You know, you it's it's all around you and so... A lot of people, I think, find it objectionable. What's, what's missing often is a political strategy to fight against it.
2: And so moving from India to the U.S., you've been living here for almost three decades now. You've worked in tech, you've been an academic, an activist, and since 2014, you've been in local politics as a member of Seattle's City Council. Through all of these experiences, when did you start seeing caste become an issue in the U.S.?
0: You know, it was inevitable that caste discrimination was going to become an issue in the United States as the concentration of South Asian immigration increased over time. So it's not surprising if this didn't come to the fore maybe 20 years ago, but it is on the forefront now. It's also because of the different shifts that have happened in India itself. There have been several programs of affirmative action or what's called reservation in India, to improve access to education and jobs for the most disadvantaged. And because of those opportunities, they are now also coming to the US for higher education, for their master's degrees, for tech jobs, even though still it's of course still the vast majority of people who come for higher education opportunities to get high paying jobs are still mostly from not only upper caste, but these are also people who are economically better off. That's why you are now seeing this caste Im- discrimination emerge in, for example, the tech sector.
2: Yeah. I mean, you, you talked about it not being surprising after a certain point because there's a critical mass of South Asians in, in the U.S., but it's only about 2% of the population, right? So is it that in a sector like like the tech industry, like you mentioned, that there's a disproportionate number of South Asians, particularly in positions of power, and, and that's what's driving this
0: Yeah, I mean, if you look at just the tech sector by itself, there's undoubtedly there's a disproportionate entry of South Asian immigrants as opposed to if you look at all workplaces as a whole. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the South Asian immigrant community is not represented to that degree in all workplaces. Mm -hmm. But there are certain concentrations of them. Yes, that's true. And that's why it's no surprise that the tech sector has emerged as the sort of a central component of this fight. It's also true at the same time that, tech workers uh, feel more um, emboldened to speak up, you know. So if you're an oppressed caste worker who's working for some dominant caste-owned smaller business, smaller size business, and you are much more low-income of a worker, then you probably are justifiably much more scared to come out and speak up about this.
2: And Sharma says caste discrimination has happened at some of America's biggest tech companies
0: in Microsoft in Redmond, you know, which is next to Seattle, there was an actual discussion that happened inside the corporation. And I can share this stuff with you because these are all documented emails and other communication among different workers in Microsoft. But it was clear that there was a debate emerging between those who wanted to address caste discrimination and those who were making derogatory re- remarks about caste oppressed workers, making, you know, so-called jokes about it in a very offensive way. Wow. And the HR department, much less the bosses, did nothing about it.
2: A Microsoft spokesperson told The Take in a statement that the company does not tolerate harassment and discrimination and that it investigates concerns of caste discrimination when it hears about it. But the company declined to comment on the specifics of the emails that Shama mentioned.
0: One of the lessons we need to learn from all of these examples, including the victory we have won in Seattle, is that the bosses are not on your side. HR department is not on your side. The HR departments of corporations weren't created to help workers. They say that, but really what they have been created to is to minimize any legal threats against the corporation for wrongdoing. Basically, they are there to give cover to the bosses.
2: Do you think this victory, as you called it, um, that, that you've just had in terms of pushing this ordinance through... You think it's a wake-up call to these these bosses and these heads of these corporations as you're talking about them?
0: I think just winning this legislation is just it is truly historic because you know it is the first uh, it has made Seattle the first jurisdiction of any level anywhere outside South Asia to have banned caste discrimination. Right. That is deeply significant. That is why it's no surprise that. the news of this has truly gone wildfire and there's no other way i can describe it and it has captured the imagination of millions of people across the world you know all the way from canada to australia we are hearing from people who are inspired by this victory especially obviously it has had a huge impact on on india what we have accomplished here is uh, for the first time outside south asia as far as the law is concerned caste is no longer invisibilized. You know, caste discrimination is actually in the law. The law of the city of Seattle says that caste discrimination happens and that it should be banned.
2: So specifically, what are the kind of cases or examples of caste discrimination that have happened already in Seattle that led you to push for this law?
0: Yeah, in fact, I would urge your listeners to listen to the public testimonials by hundreds of caste-oppressed workers in the Seattle City Council of Public comments, there were all people speaking over Zoom and also people speaking in person. I have experienced caste discrimination firsthand in U.S. in many forms. In college, as a student, when I was wrongly accused of cheating by a dominant caste TA. In social circles, because I don't celebrate certain festivals. In housing and microaggressions in my workplace.
2: We have faced rape
0: threats, death threats, gaslighting, disinformation, fear and intimidation in order to come to speak truth to power. The examples we have range from really serious instances like being denied raises or promotions, being excluded from meetings, you know, not being told that there were meetings happening, being isolated on work teams. These are all very common examples. And then also other types of examples where you're subjected to a daily dose of indignities, which... Other people might not recognize, you know, like if you have American co-workers, they might not understand that this is actually caste discrimination. Many of us are not mentioning their last name. It is because they are scared. Scared of what? Scared of giving out our identities as Dalits. Scared of all the inhuman consequences and retaliation that follows. They wouldn't be able to pick up on these cultural cues. But we know as South Asians, Like, for example, asking them, what was your rank in the entrance exam, you know, to go to this prestigious engineering school in India? You know, that's a way of probing, oh, did you get in on so-called merit that, that dominant caste people think of?
1: After the break, we get to the controversies around the ban in Seattle and why many Hindus do not support it. Get your news in less than three minutes, three times per day with the Al Jazeera news updates. Just ask your home device to play the news by Al Jazeera or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. So, Ashish, in practical terms, what is this bill in Seattle actually going to do?
2: Well, Malika, what's interesting is that technically caste-based discrimination would have been covered already under existing anti-discrimination laws in Seattle. But Shama and other activists who pushed for this bill felt it was really important to have a law on the books that specifically dealt with caste. And Shama told me that by making it that explicit, it's going to make it harder for companies to ignore HR complaints about caste.
0: On the morning of the vote, somebody asked me well how are you going to educate corporate executives don't they need to understand and I said you know what the best way of educating corporate bosses who have remained silent and done nothing about this issue is to win against them in the courts you know let's enforce this law in the courts let's hold corporations like Amazon accountable that is the best way of educating
2: them (laughs) so I want to move on a little to the sort of controversy if you will around all of this you know, as you know, caste and specifically this ordinance is a sensitive topic and not everyone is happy about it. In the US, many Hindus and Hindu organizations feel this law unfairly targets them as a minority group. This action is un-American and worthy of Senator McCarthy. I urge you to vote no on this poorly thought, poorly defined ordinance.
0: Please vote vehemently no against this ordinance. This is completely hindu This ordinance has no leg
1: to stand on as it is based on faulty data sets and flawed surveys. All the people who claim they face discrimination already have a remedy via the existing protection laws in place throughout the US.
2: They say it emphasizes stereotypes about the community and could open them up to discrimination in the workplace as well. There are people and organizations that have reacted similarly to the news all the way in India as well. So what's your response to all of that?
0: I think first of all, in order to be serious about this, we, we should look at who these people are and who these organizations are and to understand that their supposed objections to this ordinance are not in a political vacuum. So who are the organizations that have opposed this ordinance? It's the Hindu American Foundation. It's the Coalition of Hindus of North America.
2: We're gonna go straight to demonizing this particular group of people on the basis of their national origin, their ethnicity, and to some extent their religion, and create a law and make them an entire class of suspect people. And that's deeply problematic. If you go to the websites of these
0: organizations, it's not only that they have an opposition to this ordinance, their overall agenda is deeply right-wing. And it is very aligned with the agenda of the Modi regime.
1: India's prime minister, Narendra Modi,
0: he and his far-right Hindu nationalist party, the BJP, are bent on creating a lost Hindu kingdom. They call it the Hindu Rashtra. They've been in office since 2014, openly championing Hindu nationalist supremacist ideology. So in other words, what we have seen is consistently the people who have opposed it, the organizations that have opposed this, are right-wing organizations.
2: So what you're saying is it's important for people to realize that these objections that they're giving for it on face value, there's actually something deeper going on here.
0: Absolutely. There is a right-wing agenda behind this. If you are against caste discrimination, then why would you be against a law that bans caste discrimination? Right. It's as simple as that.
2: As you know, people... You know who are opposed to this and this kind of activism in general. They also often use this term "Hindu phobic" to describe it, right? And yeah, no, I is that a complete misnomer to you, or is there any validity to the concerns that they might have that the Hindu community in the U.S., which is small, could somehow end up being maligned because of this law?
0: Absolutely zero validity. I mean, for one. If you look at the Seattle law, it already prohibits discrimination on the basis of religion or nationality. So first of all, just legally speaking, there is no basis to what they're saying. But it's also important to remember that this is a very well-known, long-standing, right-wing talking point. There is a whole fomenting of a a very dangerous talking point. As you said, it's of Hindu phobia. Like suddenly there is this idea and I call it an idea because there is no basis in reality. It's actually a very dangerous phenomenon that's happening where this idea that the Hindus are under attack. There is Hindu phobia. But what's actually happening, you know, Ashish, as I'm sure you've seen, is a fomenting of Islamophobia.
2: And aside from the resistance you've faced from this within the South Asian community, is there a resistance within big tech or is there still a lack of understanding or will about it at a corporate level?
0: I'm glad you mentioned will because I don't think it's a lack of understanding <laughs> because you know that's easily cured. It's not like they lack the IQ or the mental ability to understand this. Right.
2: So it's just about will.
0: It's absolutely about will. It's absolutely about whether or not they feel like they have the need to do. I mean, they have no interest in addressing it. I think it it has begun shift. I have no doubt that they are hearing about this. And if they haven't, they're living under a rock because everybody is talking about this ordinance, you know, all, all across the world. If they have any sense in their heads, they are paying attention. At the same time, though, uh, what I'm trying to get at is We can't be complacent that winning this law will be enough. As historic as it has been, I think we have to continue building on this momentum. And so one of the best ways to build on this momentum is to be able to win a similar ban on caste discrimination in other cities.
1: California lawmaker Aisha Wahab has introduced a bill in the state Senate that would explicitly ban caste discrimination. The first such effort by a U.S. state legislature.
2: And one, one last question for you, Shama. As much as you have a role on the city council, which, of course, is focused locally on Seattle, as you've outlined throughout this conversation, this is a global issue. So to what extent do you sort of see yourself as part of this broader international struggle against caste oppression, not just in the city where you live?
0: You're absolutely right. We cannot limit this type of fight back to just one city. And that's why I'm a socialist. Actually, as a socialist, as a Marxist, I am automatically what I would call an internationalist, meaning as Marxists, we understand that the fight against capitalism is global because it is a global system. So in other words, we as workers in America, we have much more in common with workers in India or in Brazil than we have with bosses inside America. You know, so it's not about race. It's not about nationality. It's about class.
1: And that's The Take. This episode was produced by Ashish Malhotra with Amy Walters, Negin Oldiai, Chloe K. Lee, Khaled Sultan, Sonia Bagat, Miranda Lin, and me, Malika Bilal. Alex Roldan is our sound designer. Adam Abugad and Munira Altosadi are our engagement producers. Alexandra Locke is The Take's executive producer and Nay Alvarez is Al Jazeera's head of audio. We'll be back.